Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. I'm your host, Bishop Earl. I thank God for this opportunity. It's an amazing opportunity to hear stories and to share. And we pray that uh, God will touch your hearts as you, as you listen tonight. I also thank the many volunteers who put in many hours to make this possible. I'd like to begin with a prayer before we introduce our guest. Heavenly Father, please bless us tonight that we'll say things that will soften hearts, that your spirit will be with us and guide us in the things that we say. We love you. We trust you. We give our lives to you and ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to introduce Stephen Knubel tonight. Stephen, how are you? I'm good. Thanks. Nice to have you here. Thanks for having me. Um, as we do typically, we like to hear a little bit about your time as a Latter-day Saint. Perhaps as a young child, you were baptized at eight, right? I was. And how? And you were active, were you? <clears throat> yes, I uh, actually come from an inactive LDS home. Oh. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a first generation American. My parents <laughs> are both immigrants from Europe. And converted to the church? Yeah, they, yeah. My, oh. my mom was baptized by missionaries in Germany when she was I think about 12 years old, wow. and my dad was baptized in Switzerland at a very young age as well. Were their parents converted? No. Oh, um, they were just converted young. Well, my I believe my dad's mother was, oh, okay. and that's sort of the path he took. Uh -huh. But that was pretty much it for him as far as the LDS yeah. church goes. And then goes. they decided to come to, a, to Salt Lake? Actually, my mom and dad didn't meet in uh, in Europe. My, my dad came over here in the early 60s and was drafted into the U.S. Army. Wow. Um, he's got a pretty uh, pretty good story there. And then um, after being discharged from the U.S. Army, my mom was over here on kind of a year-long trip, and they met and wow. and uh, got married. Fell and, in love, and, right. and, and along came Stephen. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so they, to stay, they didn't so. take you to church much then? Did you go, did you go much as a youth? Um, as a youth, my... My dad was not um, active at all in the LDS church. Okay. My mom, there was a little bit of activity. I remember as a young, as a young child, um, she had different callings in the ward, like, yeah. um, you know, this is a long time ago, so whatever the, like primary, primary that, that sort of young thing. Young women's yeah. right, kind of right, stuff. Right, right, okay. right. So I, would, I had the um, opportunity to go with her on occasion, but, okay. but uh, going to the LDS church was not, really pushed on us at all. So it was at your choosing if you went or not. That's right. But you did become a deacon and a teacher. You passed, yeah. passed the sacrament and yeah, I, collected uh, fast offerings, I uh, remember. Yeah, I grew up in Sandy, Utah, which is a pretty highly dense, there's a pretty highly dense um, LDS population there. So, sure. so I, and I had a lot of friends in my neighborhood in my ward. So most of those kids who I hung out with and ran around with and played with were they came from strong LDS families. Okay. So I had a lot of LDS influence growing up as a child and would oftentimes go with them to church. Okay. Uh, I guess my activity in the LDS church picked up a little bit more. Well, I should go back and say I was baptized. 
Okay. Um, I remember baptized LDS. I remember the day I was baptized. Mm -hmm. A couple of my friends were baptized that same day, okay. and you know that was and a, that was a special. That was a pretty cool experience. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then my activity in the LDS church, I guess, picked up a little bit more as I reached deacon age because we played ward basketball. And it was a requirement to to attend so many meetings. To, that's right. You had to have a certain percentage of attendance basketball. to be able to play. Kind, um, of, kind of an incentive there uh -huh. to, to be active. Okay. Yeah. So I was ordained a deacon. Um, I don't remember much about that. I don't remember really an interview process, but I know probably went through. One, yeah. Yeah. So I was inter or, or I was ordained a deacon okay. and got to pass a sacrament and, okay. and uh, collect fast offerings. And okay. Did the, you ever go to seminary? Did you no, ever attend seminary? No, I seminary was not, um, was not part of my plan. Okay, <laughs> had other well, things at school to do. Well, you know, I guess <clears throat> maybe influenced a bit for my parents, but for myself, school was to go to school, not to go to Mormon church. So, okay. so no, I did not go to LDS okay. seminary. But now you did start college. Yeah, and you yeah. you mentioned uh, in when we talked earlier that you kind of started becoming a little more interested in the Book of Mormon and felt like religion may be important. You'd always been spiritual, right? Yeah, I think since a young age, I've always been I'd always been a fairly spiritual kid, and and I what I mean by that is I had a belief in God. Okay, and um, so as I graduated from high school and went on to university, you know, most of my friends left and all went on missions. Well, oh, okay. a mission wasn't in the works for me either. Okay. Uh, college was, but suddenly I was by myself in college, and and I think that process was something that um, you know really made me start thinking more about. Well, you know, I was growing up, I was going to school, and what am I going to do with the rest of my life, and what does my life have in store for me? And and I think part of that was God. So. Okay. Um, and the only thing you'd known was, was Mormonism. That's so. right. The only the only church I I knew was the LDS Church, right. from a young age up until then. And I'd probably gone on and off to church with some friends, and now I had friends out preaching the gospel. And I guess I may have started to think that was really the, hmm. um, you know, the right thing to be doing, right. even though I wasn't going to go. Okay. On a on a mission. And now, did you uh, about this time you met your wife? Yeah, um, we talked to Tammy last week. Right. Yeah. I I was um, I was at the University of Utah, and she was at Brigham Young University. So we were, you know, fifty miles apart in school. We met during the summer um, at a a summer job, essentially. Oh, and, okay. And uh, that kind of brought us together. And and uh, you know, I guess I should say that um, meeting Tammy was probably another catalyst into me becoming even more active into the LDS church. Yeah, she had mentioned that she, of course, wanted to get married in the temple. Yeah. She expected to, so yeah. did she share that with you? Yeah, you know, we probably didn't talk about marriage all that much right at first. Yeah. Um, I, I can say I remember a conversation we had with her that um, she had an expectation that the man she married was going to be a return missionary. Oh, dear. <laughs> and, and I remember saying, well, <laughs> you're not getting that with me because I'm not going to go on a mission. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as our as our relationship progressed, I think we both started realizing that we were going to both concede a few different things, and one of them for her was me not going on a mission. Okay. And uh, But by the time we were engaged and decided we were going to get married, I was pretty well um, entrenched back into the LDS church okay. and had, uh, I think at that point, in fact, I'm pretty sure at that point, I had already be 
been ordained an elder okay. in the church. So you were able to go to the temple then? You got married in the temple? We did. We were married in the Salt Lake Temple. Now she mentioned that only one or of the family could, could attend that, of the parents. Was that hard for you or did you, you just know, accept that as... That, uh, that's, that's probably a big regret I have in my life is that my parents weren't able to come to my wedding. Mm -hmm. um, my parents are very dear to me and they've provided everything I, I've had, you know, up until sure. that point. They, they, they provided my school everything. And I, I just, I remember telling them I'm getting married in the temple and, and, uh, of course they knew what that was all about. They did. And they knew they wouldn't be able to They go. did. I, I know at the time my mom took that a lot harder than my dad did. Yeah. He just accepted it and said, let's just get on with it, yeah. you know, so, but yeah, that was, that was pretty tough. So the only parent of ours that was able to attend was, was okay. Tammy's mother. How was your experience the first time you went to the temple? You know, that's a, that is an interesting question mm -hmm. because while I was in high school, I had become somewhat what people might deem as an anti-Mormon oh. and I had uh, done a little reading. I had read, there's a book out there, The Godmakers and had heard a few things about uh, stuff they had done in the temple that oh. I thought was just way out there. Well, they made changes to that temple ceremony, I think around 1991 or 92. That was before I had gone to the temple. Oh, so you didn't see some so of I that. So I didn't see some of that. So when I went to the temple for the first time, I said, oh, they're just a bunch of antis because oh. none of this really even happened in here. Okay. And, um, you know, it, the temple, I guess, it, I shouldn't say it freaked me out a whole lot. Um, uh, it was really simple to me. It just didn't. It it, it didn't really have a, a big spiritual binding effect on me. Did you ever go back? I mean, did you yeah. attend regularly? And um, you were active for quite a, for quite a while. Yeah, absolutely, we were active. We were tithe paying members. Um, mm. Both accepted callings when they came. Yeah. Um, and while we weren't real, you know, real regular temple attendees, we we did go. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there's a lot. Of people uh, that struggle getting to the temple as much yeah. as they'd like. It's mm -hmm. one of those little guilty things that we we feel badly about, yeah. but I guess we kind of rationalize through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now you accepted callings. You ended up as a an elders. Yeah, I was uh, uh, I was first called into an elders quorum presidency as a counselor. Okay. I can't remember if I was a first or second counselor. Okay. <clears throat> and then uh, I guess it was about a year into that the. Uh, uh, the elders quorum president was called into something else, and I had been um, called to be the elders quorum president of our ward. Wow! Okay. And uh, I think in my wife's eyes, I had finally arrived. Okay, so she felt some validation yeah. that you were active. Yeah, yeah. Elders quorum president. And I understand you got a patriarchal blessing. Yeah, I got a patriarchal blessing um, before we were married. I guess a, a, a month or two before we were married. Oh, and was, so. what was that experience like? Um, you know, again, that wasn't a real spiritual thing for me. It seemed like a lot of, um, and and this was coming from somebody who, at the time, I was, I had bought into all this. I had faith in this, but um, there just wasn't anything that was real groundbreaking in there to okay. me. A lot of good advice, I'm sure. There was good advice, and uh, yeah. you know, they put your name and your parents' name on there. I remember they spelled my dad's name wrong on it. Oh. I, I was a little bit frustrated by that. <laughs> Thought that wasn't too good. <laughs> yeah. So did did you then have questions about the church? How how did you eventually start thinking differently about the church? What happened? You know, I I was 
I was into the church because it was the only church I knew. And I believed in God. And so I tried very hard to be a good Mormon, you know. And um, I, I just, I, you know, I don't know, Earl. It's really hard, actually kind of hard for me to pinpoint exactly what it was. But as we, as we grew in our marriage and, and as things gone on, or as our marriage went on, I, I had a couple jobs that I lost. And I think I started feeling sorry for myself. And mm. how could this... I'm trying everything. I'm, I'm paying my tithing. I'm saying my prayers. I'm doing my elders' quorum stuff. Why am I still struggling in life? Yeah. And, and uh, probably didn't share much of that with my family and got into a little bit of a self-contained depression about it all. Mm. And uh, um, Tammy's dad, we'd go over there on Sundays, and he used to present a lot of... Uh, you know, anti-Mormon right. type literature to us, and yeah. and that was probably the first thing that really got me thinking about it. So, really, so I remember one evening, um, it was a Sunday night, and we were you know getting ready for Monday to go to work and everything, and I was just kind of in the mundane uh, <laughs> another, state I was in. Tomorrow Monday, I just again. spent three or four hours at the LDS meetings and all that kind of stuff, and and I was watching the news and. And uh, they were doing a live spot somewhere, and, and uh, somebody walked behind the camera with a little sign that pointed to a website. And, uh, and I noticed that, and I thought, wow, I wonder what that was. And um, the next day at work, the first thing I did when I got in that morning is I typed in that website. Okay. And it was a website that was... Um, Anti-Mormon? Yeah, I know. I don't like to use the term anti-Mormon really anymore. It was, it, was a, it was a website... Kind of a sharing truth. Full of Mormon truths. Yeah. And... So I guess the first groundbreaking Mormon truth that came to me was the uh, varying accounts of the first vision mm. and how the first vision originally wasn't uh, Moroni who had come to um, Joseph, but, or, yeah. It wasn't God the Father. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, con I'm confusing <laughs> my, <laughs> my words here. Your visions. It was originally Nephi who had come to Joseph Smith. Not in Moroni. And, now it's, and then it was changed to Moroni, which yeah. to me seemed, well, that was convenient. They realized you know, he was the one who brought the plate, so they better change it. So that was my first eye-opener there. And from wow. that point forward, I was hooked on researching some of this stuff. And, your, and her father was influential both with her eventually, as she shared, but also with you then. That's right. Yeah. The, uh, I guess the big... The big caveat to all this was I was doing all of this in secret. My, nobody knew. My wife didn't know. Her dad didn't know. My parents, nobody knew that I was discovering the truth about the LDS church. And you didn't, care, you didn't feel like you could share it with Absolutely anybody? Absolutely not. Were you worried about your marriage? Absolutely. Were you? I ha my wife and my kids, this was before our um, third child. I can't remember if it was before our second child. So, yeah, I mean... To me, my whole life was my family, yeah. and my wife comes from deep-rooted LDS blood. So you're afraid to share too Absolutely. much. With, with Absolutely. Absolutely. I was, I was afraid. That's right. Yeah. So I, I lived in that secrecy and that bondage for many years. That sounds familiar. I've been through that same thing myself, as yeah. you know. I served as an elders quorum president with all those, with the, that oh, doubt in my mind. Yeah. That is tough, and you feel... I put the words uh, hypocr hypocritical 
I, I just I was believing one thing and, and, and then actually acting like I believe something else. Yeah. It makes it very difficult. It, it, it was, yeah. yeah, it was hard to live that way. Yeah. I, and I got I angry agree. too. And mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think I got depressed, but I certainly had a bad attitude about things. But I was worried about my marriage. Yeah. And it sounds like you were too. Yeah, I maybe didn't get angry as much as I just worried how everything was, was going to play out. out. Yeah. Well, now I know one time you, you'd mentioned to Tammy something because she was concerned about the things her, her dad was sharing. Yeah. What was that story like? Well, as I mentioned earlier, her dad would give us a lot of... Um, Little tidbits. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't even say literature. He would just mention stuff. Can you believe this or can you believe that? Yeah. And, and um, after years and years of living this way, we came home one night from his house for di from dinner and... She was kind of crying and said, I can't believe, why does my dad keep telling me these things? He knows it. It bothers, it bothers me. He knows it frustrates me. He knows it upsets me. And for the first time in probably four years, I said something. Oh, what and did I, you say? And I said, honey, if those things really bother you that much, you might want to tell your dad to, um, quit, to quit telling you those. She says, what yeah. do you mean? And I said... Because there are things about the LDS Church, there are truths about the LDS Church that if you knew, they would blow your mind. Mm -hmm. And it was a dead silence for, for you know, a few seconds, and she started to cry, and she said, "I knew there was something going on with you. Oh, I knew it." So you let the cat out of the bag, so to I speak. I was, and I don't, I don't like to associate my born again experience with. Um, the Mormon Church or the the falsehoods of the Mormon Church, but that was the beginning of my born again experience because I knew at that point I had planted a seed and I knew that the, I knew that God was going to speak the truth to her eventually. Wow! And that day, I mean, I get chills just thinking about it right now. I felt the weight lift off my shoulders at that mo at that as moment you, as you shared that with her that there yeah. are things because yeah. you were being honest. Yeah. And and I felt that same thing yeah. the first time I shared with my wife. Yeah. That was. First time I'd ever said it out loud. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what it was for me. That's the first time and I'd been holding it for so long, and then to finally say it just felt good. Well, what do you think the LDS people out there, and there's got to be many of them, because I've heard and we've heard stories mm -hmm. about people that are struggling with their testimonies, they're learning new things about the church that they had never heard before, and they are true. Mm -hmm. That's the scary thing. They, th these are truths that they just can't deny. Yeah. What should an LDS person do? Should they, should they just keep it bottled up? Who should they share it with? Well, I think that everybody's circumstance is different. That's a good answer. And for me, my answer was I kept it bottled up until the right moment. And then I, and then I said something. Um, I, you know, we, Tammy and I have talked about this before. And I said, what would you have done if I had said that four years ago? You yeah. know? And You're out of here. We, <laughs> it's hard to think about. It's hard yeah. to talk about. I guess um, the best thing really is to trust God and, you and know, let him work his, yeah. his miracles in his own way. That, that's what I was going to say, Earl, yeah. was I, I think that um, you know, praying about and being earnest and, and sincere with God about it, he's gonna, yeah. he'll, he'll help you, and, and he'll, he'll find that that one instant four years down the road that, yeah, that'll that make it work for you. Yeah. 
I do know that there are, are obviously resources, uh, mm -hmm. websites. There's also pastors here in the valley mm -hmm. in Salt Lake and probably around the country now who have an appreciation for what the Mormons go through mm -hmm. when they find out these truths and they feel like, okay, I need to move away from this man-made religion right. and move into a relationship with Jesus. Because uh, one of the joys in my life has been realizing that, that, uh, that I can turn my life over to Christ and, and that his relationship with me is now personal. Yeah. I don't go through anyone else. It's just directly with him and the gift and the grace that he's given to me. So, well, I appreciate your sharing that. Uh, you did mention that, that you did start sharing some things with coworkers. Did that... Uh, how, how influential was that? Um, you know, I, I guess I should say, as, I, as we came out of the church, you know, we eventually came out of the church together as a family. And I did share that with a few people at work who I knew weren't LDS and, okay. and who would praise me for doing that. Um, the courage that the, it took right, to do that. Right, right. How long was that process then for you to come out of the church? After well, you shared that with her, you'd been holding it for several years. Yeah, then, yeah. How, uh, well, was it very I, long? Yeah, to think about the timeline, we had that first time I said that, we had that interaction, and then we were silent for about two weeks, <laughs> and then we started talking about it again, and at that point she had begun her research. That's when you made the trip to Oregon? Right, okay. that's right. She had begun that research, and, um, you know, now, as she was learning, that must have been joyous for you. It, was, it absolutely was. Yeah, must that, have been. That, the drive from Salt Lake to <laughs> Oregon was, I will never forget, yeah. the discussion and, and you know, the interaction we had. Yeah. So she started building up an enormous library yeah. <laughs> of, of books and information and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And it was our hidden library for a while. It was underneath the bed. Okay. You know, so that when babysitters came over and this and that, it wouldn't happen. And so that was in, I guess, July. And... Um, by September, she, I think, had pretty well decided she was um, going to resign and leave, leave the LDS Church. At that point, I'm sure I had already made it clear to her that I was, too. Now, were you still Elders Quorum president at this point? No. That's a, yeah, that's a good question to have brought back up. I had, I had asked to be released from, elders quorum from the Elders Quorum presidency about two months before that date. Again, the feelings of hypocrisy, was that part yeah. of it? You yeah, I, I like... couldn't do it any longer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So about September, I think, is when she kind of realized, you know, when, that she was going to be done or that she was going to resign from the church. Yeah. And then um, we just quit going. We, we attended other churches trying to find a church that we thought would fit our family good. And, and I guess it was the um, following... I guess you'd call it our New Year's resolution was to resign from the LDS Church as our New Year's resolution. So, so we sent in our resignation letter on, you know, like January second or something okay. like that. It's been just over yeah. uh, three years officially. Did yeah. she share that story with you about the gift the, that lady brought the the gift, the Bible and the yeah. card? Yeah, she did. That must have meant a lot to her, it to did. Tammy. It did. Yeah, that was yeah. a great. That was a great. Because uh, it is a, it is tough when you've been raised in the church, and you mentioned that your activity level at the beginning wasn't wasn't a lot, uh -huh. but certainly you reconverted to the church as, a, as an adult. Absolutely. Uh, went through the temple, patriarchal blessing, mm -hmm. elders quorum president, and all yeah. that. So you were really. 
committed and 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 you probably appreciate this as well the, yeah. the grieving process and the absolutely and the disappointment i suppose is a way to say it that you've got so you've you've got children now mm -hmm. and and how do you feel about them and their christian walk my kids are uh, uh especially my oldest i guess is a real inspiration yeah to me um our two, our two youngest, you know, had never been baptized LDS. In fact, the second oldest just turned eight last a couple days ago. And didn't get baptized. No, in no, church. no. But our, our oldest, he was baptized by me oh, okay. when he was eight years old, oh, and you know, we threw it at him. Yeah. Pretty. It was a pretty. Uh, uh, Expected to be baptized. It, yeah, right? and 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 then when we said, "Listen, Chase, we're we're." Uh, leaving the LDS church. Well, he was about 11 at the time, and very bright, intelligent kid. He wasn't going to just leave without knowing why. Really? And so we, we shared a lot of the, the truths about the LDS church that we felt were appropriate for, a, yeah. for an 11-year-old at the yeah. time. Yeah. And um, he has since um, you know, become Christian as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Tell us, with a little bit of time that's remaining, how you feel now about Jesus compared to your time as a Latter-day Saint. Well, I think that it's it's really simple for me, and it's it's just it's freedom. It's freedom in Christ, and I'm I'm no longer under the bondage of of a church that required more than I could give to be saved. Yeah. Now you you knew Jesus. You said you'd been spiritual. You, mm -hmm. you must have had a somewhat of a relationship with with him as a Latter Day Saint. Yeah. But it's so different now. It isn't is it? because I didn't understand grace. I didn't understand the cross. What he actually did for I, us. I understood that he died on the cross, but I had to do a whole bunch of other stuff to make it work for to you. To make it work. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't that a, that is freedom, isn't it? It really is. And, yeah. um, you know, I just, I don't like the, I remember back when I was LDS hearing people talk about born-again Christians. And yeah. they used to say, all they do is they b say they believe in Christ and they go do whatever they want. Yeah, do you, have you found saved. that's true? I found that is not true. Not that true. is that is absolutely I know, opposite. I believe the same thing. I had no trust in Christians. I had no trust in the Bible. I disdained the cross, mm -hmm. and now I I understand those things are just beautiful. Yeah, they're just wonderful. And to think that we eat, drink, and be merry, it just isn't true. True, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> I think that Christ converts your heart, and and then and you. You, you will be a Christian, and, and, and you won't take, take that for granted. Yeah, and the love that you have for God is, carries over. You have that same love for your fellow man. You want to do your best, and you don't want to disappoint God. And Absolutely. It's a wonderful walk. Absolutely. Well, Steve, Stephen, I appreciate you sharing your, your story here tonight, and um, um, I guess I... Uh, I just am grateful that your eyes have been opened, that you've come to the truth. And even more wonderful is the fact that Tammy and you have done this together. Yeah. I know this was a, that must have been a great concern for you. Absolutely. That you were worried about your family. But So what kind of trust do you have in your future? And we've only got just a few seconds, but in heaven, do you think you're going to have that relationship with Tammy? You'll choose to? I think that... 
I think what God has in store for us as we're saved is, is far greater than we could ever imagine. That's what I believe. And, you know, marriage and our relationships with our family may be there. And in fact, I, I think they probably will. Whatever but, he has planned will be greater yeah. than we can possibly. We, we, I can't even yeah. fat, begin to think what it might be like. Yeah, well, Steve, so. thanks. so. Stephen, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> thanks so much for sharing your Thank story. You. We appreciate it. And for those of you that are out there in, uh, in television land, we appreciate your watching. I hope something's touched your heart. Good night. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you.